Katie, do you normally, when you're going to play, do you normally practice through the hymns that are chosen ahead of time? Normally? You did a great job guessing which ones we would choose tonight. So it sounded like you practiced them all. So good job. Take your Bibles this evening and turn, if you would, to Psalm 116. Psalm 116. When I was a boy, I always liked when we would have those Sunday evening services when we'd be able to choose our favorites. And uh, tonight there were no patriotic songs chosen, um, but uh, I always enjoy singing. And I love hearing you choose and you pick them uh, because they're reflective of how you think. Uh, Psalm 116 is where we'll be at. You know, around the world there are, I think, millions of people who religiously and faithfully pray. Uh, I think there are millions of people who could be described that way, that when it comes to prayer, they are very religious and they're very, very faithful. Um, I think of, I think of uh, Muslims. Have you ever seen pictures or, I don't know if it'd be videos, I've seen pictures, I think I've seen videos of them bowing down, uh, prostrate almost on the ground, face down, uh, praying going through the motions of prayer, they would call it praying. And they're very, very religious about it. They're very, very faithful in praying, going through the motions of prayer. And in fact, is it five times a day, I believe it is, they'll go through the motions of prayer. They'll stop what they're doing, and they'll get in, in a position where they can go through the motions of prayer. And I, that, that's not what I'm encouraging you to do here today. Five times, face a certain direction, and kneel down or put down a mat, a prayer mat. That's not what I'm encouraging you to do, but I, I do want us as we begin, we're just going to look at two verses tonight in the 116th Psalm. But as I was thinking about prayer, prayer is something many, many people do, very, very faithfully, and yet for many of us in this room, prayer is not something that we do nearly as faithfully as we ought to. If I were to ask you if, there is any benefit or any results to the prayers of the Muslims, no matter how faithful they may be at it, what would you say? Is there any benefit to what they're doing? Any eternal benefit to what they're doing? Um, there are other people, and they will, other religions, particular individuals who will take beads and light candles, and they'll be very religious in the, in the area of prayer. They'll spend extra money to pray. Uh, others will, other people in different parts of the world will take stone or wood and they'll carve an image and make what we would call an idol or a false god. And, and it'll be in the image of something or someone and they will put it there and they'll have themselves a shrine and they will go to that place and in that place they will pray. They'll go through the motions of prayer, but none of these things are how the Word of God directs us to pray. Jesus had a lot to say about prayer. The disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray, and Jesus did. The Old Testament says a lot about prayer as well. But you know, all of these different religions and all these different people, no matter how faithful they may be, all they're trying to do is gain favor with whatever God, lowercase g, whatever God they're 
worshiping. So whether they're counting beads or lighting candles or doing it as a group, praying as a group, or making to themselves these shrines and false gods, it's all in an effort to be heard. They just want to be heard. I wonder, I would like to ask some, if I had the opportunity, and I never have, do you believe that your God is hearing you? Do you believe he's hearing you? Or I might ask a follow-up, why? If you believe, if their answer might be yes, I might ask, well, why do you believe your God is hearing you? Um, do you remember, do you remember uh, Elijah the prophet on Mount Carmel? That's the one place, one of the places in Israel we didn't get to go while we were there, Mount Carmel. Do you remember uh, the other prophets of Baal? And uh, they're, they're doing all kinds of things, trying to get Baal to answer their prayer. Did Baal answer their prayer, yes or no? No. Why not? Why didn't Baal answer their prayer? He doesn't exist. I mean, he existed in a statue, maybe, but he didn't exist. He was not existent. Remember what Elijah told him, told the prophets of Baal? Maybe he's asleep, you know, and he was kind of poking fun at them. And it was sad, and they were cutting themselves, trying to get the attention of their God. Are there times in our lives when we pray where God does not hear us? There are times when he chooses not to hear us. He chooses not to listen. He chooses not to answer. But you and I serve a God who hears prayer, who wants to hear prayer, and who wants to answer prayer so that he will be glorified and he will be honored. Now what I just said, I said pretty quick, just kind of shot past us. But can I ask you, are you a man or a woman, or are you a boy or a girl who prays? How often do you pray? Do you pray for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? That's a, that's a great start. you pray in the morning when you wake up? The Bible says we should pray in the morning. you pray during the day when you're out and about? You pray in your vehicle while you're driving along. You find yourself at Home Depot looking for something, can't find it, and do you ever, just for a moment, you don't have to cry out loud, you don't have to throw down a mat or anything like that. You could just say, Lord, would you help me find this thing or someone to help me find this thing, you know. Do you ever, you ever pray when you're with your family? Do you all just ever pray together? Do you pray at night before you go to bed? Do you pray in the middle of the night when you wake up? I'm asking you, do, do you pray? We're commanded to pray. It's not an option. In the book of James, in chapter 4, the context is pride. And James, as he's writing to Hebrew believers, he tells them, ye have not because ye ask not. Then to others, he said, you do ask, but you're always asking amiss or improperly. So it's important not only that we pray, but how we pray. There's a lot to be said about prayer. We're not going to get to all of it tonight. Okay, that's not my goal. But do you pray? You know, the sad truth about all of these false gods in the world today is that many people pray to them. And there are many false gods. And I do believe millions of people pray to idols and false gods. But they're praying to a God who doesn't exist, 
who cannot hear them, who does not care about them, who does not love them, and even if he did exist, or even if he did care, those gods cannot hear what's being asked. And they cannot save anybody. They cannot forgive anybody. They cannot deliver anybody. But you and I serve a God who hears. Look at our text, would you? Psalm 116, just the first two verses. Look with me in Psalm 116, verse 1. He says, I love the Lord. This is what the psalmist writes. I love the Lord. I love Jehovah. The word Lord there, that name means uh, self-existent or the eternal one. I love the Lord. Why? Because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Verse 2. I love the Lord because he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. This is a man writing this. I'm speaking to a number number of men here tonight. You pray. Why do you pray? The psalmist here in just two verses tells us that he loves the Lord. Because God hears prayer, because God wants to hear prayer, and God hears and answers prayer because he wants to show himself as our provider. He wants to show himself for who he is, God. And there is nobody else like him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this psalm and even for just these first two verses. Not many words here. Father, very, very powerful. Father, I pray in my own life that that you would mold me into being a man of prayer. Help me not to be so self-sufficient, self-dependent. Help me to learn quickly these lessons. Help me, Father, to be humble before you so that I could learn how to pray, that I could pray to you who loves me, who hears me, who wants to hear me, and who wants to show himself strong in my life. May it be so, I pray. And I pray that for this congregation as well. I pray that there would be some young, young children here this morning who would become burdened to pray, and that they would begin to pray to you, the God of gods and the King of kings, they would begin to pray to you regularly every night when they go to bed and every morning when they wake up. May they become young people and people of prayer. I pray. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. First of all, I notice here in Psalm 116, in verse number 1, he says, he says, he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Now he begins by saying that he loves the Lord, so his love for God is Because of something. You see it there in verse 1. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. So he hath heard my voice and my supplications. What does that mean? Well, very simply, it means that God hears prayer. Now, again, you might say, Seth, impress me with something. Tell me something I didn't know. Well, Well, let me ask you. Why is it sometimes that we don't pray? Is it just a lack of discipline? Is it a lack of character on our part? Is it because we're really that self-dependent? 
Are those the reasons? I think those are, in some ways, part of the reasons. But do we really believe that God exists? Do you believe that God exists? I do. I do. I've seen him work in my life. Uh, Michelle, I was going to have you come up and share your daughter's testimony. Um, You don't want me to do that. So I'll share it, and you correct me if I'm wrong, okay? But after I'm done with the illustration, you've got to stop correcting me for the rest of the message. Um, So anyway, so Rianne, she just graduated from college, and she's going to be teaching in Indiana, and she's going to be teaching a full load, and science is one particular class she's going to be teaching in Indiana. So she's going to be with us for the remainder of the summer for the most part. Uh, She's heading down there today, isn't she? She'll be there for a few days to work in their ministry, get to know some people, pray for her. Um, But Rianne has to decorate her classroom for her science class. And I guess there's a bulletin board, and for those of us who are not teachers, those need to be decorated the right way, and they need to be intriguing and engaging with the students, you know, right, Samantha? Samantha's nodding her head. So anyway, that's the way these bulletin boards need to be done. Well, I guess... There are different posters and different decorations that can be purchased by the teacher. And, of course, we all know that Christian school teachers just get paid out of this world awesome, right? No. Okay. So she's a freshly graduated uh, student from Bible college, going to be a Christian school teacher, so she's not flush with cash. And I'm okay to say that. And so Rianne, um, well, she... Seeking the Lord, looking for God to provide. She stops by a garage sale, and like every other garage sale you and I have ever been to, there's always a department, you know, clearly marked science classroom posters for, from other teachers, well-kept. Have you ever seen that at a garage sale? Has anyone here ever seen that at a garage sale? Has anyone here ever seen a science poster at a garage sale? No. Would you expect it to be a well-kept science poster at a garage sale? No. Well, Rianne goes to the garage sale, and she buys one or two. I don't know how much she bought, but 25 cents each. And these are posters that might cost $20 a piece or something like that. And uh, God answered prayer. Now, is that not a miracle? Do you think that's a miracle, yes or no? Yeah, I do too. (laughs) Just under crossing of the Red Sea, that's a miracle. Finding science posters at any garage sale anywhere... In any kind of good shape, you know. It, that was God providing for Rianne Bohalski. And she's looking to the Lord, trusting him. And her response was something like, God is just so good to me, or something like that. He's just better to me than I deserve. Have you ever experienced in your life God providing for you? And maybe it was, we might consider that a small thing. But you know what? My heart rejoiced as Rianne's pastor because God's showing herself, himself mighty in her life. There are going to be other times in Rianne's life where there are going to be some times of waiting on the Lord. And her mind will be able to go back, not only to what God has said about himself, but how God has shown himself mighty and powerful in her life. You remember when he provided me with four posters for 25 cents apiece, one dollar, and I had $80 worth of posters for my science classroom. See, I can go back in my life to times like that where God has heard my prayers. Even when I wasn't completely sure he would answer them the way that I wanted. Have you ever experienced that? 
we serve a God who hears prayer. Now, it's not a small thing, what I'm saying here. It's not a small thing. He actually, the psalmist actually says, my love for God is because he hears my prayer. I love him in a way that I don't love anything else in this world or anyone else in this world because he is a provider. He is the only one who can hear my prayers. So God hears prayer. Uh, You're in Psalm 116. Look back one psalm to Psalm 115. And I'm going to read beginning in verse number 3. There are no other gods that can hear prayers like this. Now, I need the young people to be paying close attention because I'm going to ask for four volunteers in just a few minutes to read some scripture, okay? And I'm going to ask you to come up on the platform, and Mr. Kruger, we're going to need to turn this mic on when that happens, and uh, I'm going to need four volunteers, and I may call on you if I don't see your hands fast enough uh, to come up and read some verses to us. And I know you can do it, Shailen, so get ready. All right. You won't have to read all four. I'll need three other volunteers in Shailen. All right. Psalm 115, look at verse number 3. I'll read down through verse 8. It says, But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. Talking about other gods. They're the works of men, the product of man. Verse 5, They have mouths, but they speak not. These idols, they have eyes, but they... They see not, they have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. What kind of a God is this who can't smell, see? What kind of a God is this? Verse 7, they have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak though they though they're through their throat. They that make them are like unto them, so is everyone that trusteth in them. It doesn't make much sense to trust in a God like that. You know, a job can be a god, an idol. I can begin to look at, or you could begin to look at a position of employment as the source of our care. But who is truly the one who cares for us and provides for us? Is it our employment that provides for our employer? Is he the provider? Is he our provider, our employer? Yes or no? No. Not ultimately. He's not not our provider. That job, as Flint learned, can go away. Right? And everything with it. That employer can go away. God isn't going anywhere. God is our provider. He He is our source of provision. In Isaiah 45 and verse 20, it says, Assemble yourselves and come, draw near together, ye that are escaped of the nations. They have no knowledge that set up the wood of their graven image. And pray unto a God that cannot save. They have no knowledge. They don't understand. They don't, they don't, they don't see straight. Who prays to a God who cannot save. Don't pray to those kinds of gods. So God hears prayer. No other gods can hear but we have a God that can hear. Now, do I have some volunteers? Four children. Shailen, I see that hand. All right, come on up. Jack, come on up. Tori, come on up. Levi, come on up. There's four. Well, that was quick. Nice job. All right, we're going to go in this order. Levi, you, you start us off. 
Psalm 18 and verse 6, okay? Psalm 18 and verse 6. We have that mic on, Mr. Kruger? He's on top of it. No pressure. Psalm 18 and verse 6. Um, you should be turning there. Psalm 18 and verse 6. You can go when you're ready, Levi. Okay. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out, in, out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even on, into his ears. Great job. You can have a seat. Think about what Levi just read. The psalmist says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. This is a man talking. And what did God do? He heard. He heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him even unto his ears. You see, my God can hear. All right, Psalm, see here, Shailin, Psalm 34. Psalm 34. All of these, Jack, you'll be in Isaiah if you want to get a head start there. Jack, you'll be in Isaiah. Shailin, you're Psalm 34, verse, verses 4 and 6, okay? Verses 4 and 6. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Nice job. You can be seated. Good job, Shiloh. So again, the man, the psalmist is praying, I sought the Lord. Is that you and me? You know, when I read these, I ask myself that question. Could this be said of me? Could I say that? I'm seeking the Lord. Ever look for something and you just sought for it and sought for it and sought for it? I've told you about my dad losing his keys or wallet. And uh, he offered a reward, you know, like a dollar, whoever, whatever child found it. And uh, I don't think I found it that time. But then I thought, you know what, if he's willing to offer a reward once, he'll offer it again. So I took it and hid it. And I waited. I felt terrible. Have you, have you forgiven me for that, Dad? He's not sure. No. Next message will be on forgiveness next Sunday night. But seeking for something. And he says here, I sought the Lord and he heard me, delivered me from all my fears. You have some fears in your life tonight? You have some fears? Sometimes, some of us are prisoners to fear. This, more, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. It's a miracle that God hears us and saved him out of all his troubles. All right. Tori, can I call you by your nickname? No, okay. Psalm 34, Psalm 34, verses 15 and 17. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are upon unto their cry. Righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Good job. You can be seated. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. He's listening. And we're going to get to this in just a moment, but God, he hears, but he wants to hear. And the psalmist is going to talk about this in verse 2. He wants to hear. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from me. Are you talking to him? Are you asking? Pray. The word pray means to ask. There's a lot of different uh, facets. Can I preach a little while you're up here, Jack? Do you want me to hurry up? All right. I'll hurry up. But uh, there are a lot of different facets to prayer. There's thanksgiving. There's adoration. Right? Um, 
There's praise to him. There's recognizing his attributes. That is in adoration and praise. But God, thank you for who you are. There's thanksgiving. But then there's also making requests. There's supplication. There, the word pray means to ask. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Are we asking? Be a man of prayer. Maybe your family won't know that about you, but God will know that about you. I think that'd be a great testimony of, not that I would do it for show for my children, but that God would look at me or look at some other men in this room and, yeah, he's a good provider. Yeah, he enjoys playing with his children. Sure, he's a hard worker. Yeah, he's, he's got some disciplines in his life. Yeah, he relates well with people. He loves people. He's a faithful man, but you know what? God knows this is a man of prayer. This is a humble man. This is a man who loves me because I hear him, God might say, and I answer him. All right, Jack, thanks for waiting. You did a great job. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1. Isaiah 59, verse 1. You can turn with Jack so you can see what he's reading. Isaiah 59 and verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, and that cannot save neither his ear heavy that cannot hear. Good job. Thank you. you. may be seated. Behold. I like how you read that. Behold. It means look and see. Don't miss this. Behold. What does he want us to see? The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. God is a prayer hearing God. You see. And some of us, and I'll speak for me, and maybe it's not you, sometimes I go through my life for periods of time in my life almost either it's I, I feel I don't need him or it's almost like he doesn't exist. It's almost like he's no different than any of the other gods we already read about in Psalm 115 who can't see, who can't hear, cannot handle, can't do anything. And they can't, but we serve a God who can. So the first truth is in verse 1, and that is that God hears prayer. And the psalmist says, I love the Lord. Why? Because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Point two, God wants to hear prayer. Now that's pretty simple. Shouldn't that all be wrapped up in one point? God hears prayer, but that's one. But two is that he, he wants to hear us pray. That's, there's a difference there. Have you ever had to hear something you didn't want to hear before? And you kind of shut it out? Have you ever done that? Recently, I was with some friends at their house, and we were trying to talk, and I wanted to hear them, but actually what I heard was the lawnmower next door. And I wish I could just shut him out. But it wasn't just the one neighbor with his lawnmower, it was the other neighbor with his lawnmower. One of these guys has a lawnmower, it's a Cub Cadet, and it has flames painted on the hood and chrome wheels. Okay. Then the one fella, after he mowed, he had to blow all the clippings, you know, and so there's the blower going on. But what I wanted to hear, I couldn't hear, and what I didn't want to hear, I had to hear. There were some things I didn't want to hear. There are other things we've heard in our lives that we didn't want to hear. But you know what? The Bible says here in, in verse number two that God wants to hear prayer. Look at verse number two. He says this, because 
I love him. Why? Because he hath inclined his ear unto me. He's inclined his ear unto me. This morning I walked past the, was it two and three-year-old class? And Carolyn Rose, were you in there uh, this morning? And, and Carter Hollis was in there. I think Carolyn was sitting there and Carter Hollis was just standing there. If you've ever seen him, he's got that curly red hair going, you know, and he's looking good and he's standing there and he's very articulate and he's just giving a speech. He's the cutest thing. I told Kaylee the other day, you should be getting a lot of things that he says on video because it's, it's going it's to be hard to remember how cute and adorable he is someday down, down the road. And, uh, but I, it was so funny. He's talk, in there talking. I can't remember everything he, he, he was talking about. It was about campers and bad campers and good campers and all these sorts of things. And it was just so cute. And, and Mrs. Rose was just sitting there just taking it all in. She wanted to hear him. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we want to hear our other people's children talk. You know, yeah, tell me, tell me about your life. Tell me about your parents. Go ahead. Uh, Olivia was always a concern of ours because she was so articulate. And we were like, we're not going to have a single secret in this world with Olivia out there. You know, you know before they had discernment of what not to say, it just whoosh, comes right out. But Mrs. Rose was just listening intently to what Carter Hollis had to say. She wanted to hear him. You know, our Heavenly Father wants to hear us ask Him. He wants to hear it. Do you, so the question for me is, do I want to please Him? He wants to hear me ask Him. He wants me to seek Him. He wants me to supplicate, to come to Him and to ask Him, make my request known to Him. He knows my needs already. That's not an issue with God. I wonder what the Ferguson family needs. I wonder what Pastor Ferguson needs. I wonder what his needs are. And I'm not talking about financial. I'm not talking about physical things or stuff. But what are his needs? God already knows all of those things. But he wants me to be in tune with him and his spirit, his word enough. And humble myself and be in tune with him as I go through life. And hmm, you know what I need? I need to be more patient. Lord, I'm not a patient man. Lord, would you forgive me for my impatience? Lord, would you help me to be patient? Lord, I'm not a humble man. I'm self-dependent. I'm self-sufficient. I lean on my own understanding way too much. God, would you help me to be a humble man? Is that really that hard? Prayer. Prayer. Because God wants to hear our prayer. He hath inclined his ear unto me. God doesn't need to stop what he's doing to hear our prayers. The word inclined communicates the idea that God gives us his full attention. That's what I saw with with Mrs. Rose today. There's Carter standing there. Campers and bad campers. I can't talk like him. As cute as as could be. There's Mrs. Rose leaning forward. (laughs) Looking into his face. His cute little face just... Soaking it in. You know, our Heavenly Father inclines his ears, his ear to you and me. He wants to hear our request. That's something special. I'm, I'm maybe putting it, I don't know if I'm putting it at the right spot tonight. I'm not trying to bring down bring God down at all. He is high and lifted up, and he is holy and he is righteous and he He is eternal, right? So don't minimize who he is, but keeping him in that place, do not miss who he is 
when he knows my name and he knows your name. He knows the number of hairs that are on your head and on my head and he knows where we are and he wants, he's inclining his ear to hear us ask him. Ask him. Ask him. What is it that you need? What is it that you want me to do in your life? How can I help you? You need me. How can I help you? Have you ever tried to talk to someone who was thinking about something else or doing something else when you were talking to them? I caught myself the other day. I asked the man a question, and I pulled out my phone and checked on something. Now, we're close, so it was okay. Not really. Pretty poor manners, huh? God never does that. Does God hear the prayer of the unrighteous? In fact, John chapter 9 and verse 31, the beginning part, tells us that God chooses not to hear sinners. He's not under any obligation to hear an unsaved individual's prayer at all. But God chooses to hear those that belong to him, the latter part of that verse tells us. So God hears the prayer of the righteous, but he doesn't hear the prayer of the unrighteous. There is one prayer from an unsaved person that God will hear. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If an unsaved person, think about this, if an unsaved person turns to the Lord and says, God, would you save me? God will hear that prayer and he'll save their soul. In uh, Kenya this week, they're going through and they're doing the surgeries and they're working on the eyes and they're doing dental work and all kinds of things, probably more than they imagined even, I don't know. And those people, after they've been helped, they'll be taken out from the receiving physical care and they'll be taken to, a, to talk with some people who want to give them some spiritual truth, some really eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to be praying, Lord, for those people that we don't know, God, would you open their hearts? They came for physical care and some of them are going to walk away, and that's all they're going to receive, physical care. And that's going to be helpful to them, but that's just temporary. But God, please, would you open their eyes? And Lord, there's some tender hearts. And Father, please, would you give, give those people who are speaking the gospel to them wisdom and what to say and how to say it and help them to be sincere, Lord. They're seeing so many people. Help them not to get caught up in next, 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 but help them to see the souls that are in front of them. And Lord, would you please save souls? Does God always hear the prayer of born-again believers? No, why not? Okay, and there's a verse for that, Psalm 166 and verse 18. And you're right, it says this, If I regard... If I give a spot in my life and I defend it and ignore the leading of the Spirit of God as he convicts me about it and I ignore his word, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the psalmist says, the Lord will not hear me. Now, it's not that God can't hear the syllables that are coming out of our mouths. It's not like all of a sudden he can't hear. Where did Seth go? Can't hear him. He's talking, I can see him, but I can't hear him. No, God can hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. He even knows the thoughts that I might be thinking, prayerful thoughts even. 
I'm not even moving my mouth, but I'm praying to the Lord in my thoughts. I'm talking to Him. But if I know that there's sin in my life and I'm just choosing to persist in that sin, the psalmist says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Young people, listen to me for just a moment. If, if the Spirit of God is convicting you about telling the truth to your mom and dad, or maybe it's being a hard worker and not being lazy, Maybe it's about obeying mom and dad. What, right away, the first time. That's obedience, right? First time obedience. There's really no other kind. Obey right away the first time. But maybe it's your attitude. You know, just dirty, rotten attitude. You know, Always, you know, the smiles upside down, the frown. When the Spirit of God convicts you about that, and you know it's wrong, and you just persist in that kind of an attitude. And then you pray, and you say, Lord, would you please, would you please help my grandma can you expect God to hear you no and that's true not only for young people children but also true for us as adults so how's your heart do you have sin in your heart in your life I'm not going to take the time to turn to some passages here here this evening but I wrote down several and I've talked about this on Wednesday nights before with our, our Bible study and the prayer meeting sometimes that we have then but praying with wrong motives in our hearts. Sometimes asking for the right thing. Maybe it's even God's will, but my motivation for God's will is selfish. He won't hear. Or maybe an idol in a, in a man's heart or a woman's heart. It'll keep God from hearing us. Maybe an unforgiving spirit. God talks about that very specifically in Mark chapter 11 praying with an unforgiving spirit. God won't hear. Maybe being stingy in our giving, not being a giving person, or not treating our husband or our wife the way we ought to treat them. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, talking to husbands specifically, says, dwell with them, your wife, your wife, according to knowledge, your heirs of the grace of life together, husband and wife, the grace of life, being together. And then it says that your prayers be not hindered. Someone recently told me about a man who, when he talks about that verse, when he reads that verse where it talks about dwell with them, your wife, according to knowledge, he actually makes notes on his wife, about his wife, and he writes things out about her. And he's, in a sense, studying her because he wants to know her. He wants to know how she thinks. I don't think he's made an idol out of his wife in any way, but He's trying to obey 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. He's trying to dwell with his wife according to knowledge. Well, you know what? My wife and I are just different. You know what? So she's miserable with me and I'm miserable with her and we just go through life that way. That's just the way it is. That's not the way it ought to be. You ought to lean her way and she ought to lean your way. You ought to study her, man. You ought to get to know her, why she thinks the way she thinks. You may not agree with why she thinks the way that she thinks or how she does everything in life. Maybe she's more frugal than you are, or maybe she spends more money than you do. Whatever the case may be, you ought to dwell with her according to knowledge, and you ought to study her so that your prayers, he says in that verse, be not hindered. Selflessness, actually, is what he's talking about there. Husbands, be selfless. Think about her and not just you. Because a selfish husband, his prayers are actually hindered. Unbelief is another. Look, look at verse number two, and we'll wrap We'll wrap this up this evening. 
We notice, first of all, in verse 1, that God hears prayer. And, and secondly, we notice in verse 2 that God wants to hear prayer. And then very quickly at the end of verse number 2, I submit to you that God wants to hear our prayers so that he can answer them. Look at verse number 2. Again, he says this. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. That's the psalmist's conclusion here. Because he hath inclined, God hath inclined his ear, because he wants to hear me pray, I will call upon him as long as I live. Why does God incline his ears unto us? Well, he wants to hear what we're asking for so he can... And he wants us to make our request known to him, those things that we cannot do for ourselves, and without him we can do nothing. God wants to hear so that he will meet the needs that we have. And it's for this reason that the psalmist cries out at the very end, Therefore, because God hears my prayers and meets my needs, I will call upon him as long as I live. That's his conclusion in life on the matter of prayer. God's the only one who can meet my needs. There's nobody else like him. You know, that should be my testimony to my children. William, there's nobody else like God. He's the only one who can meet your needs. I wonder, I wonder as our children grow up through our homes, I wonder as they walk away from our homes and start their own homes, I wonder if they have a conclusion in their mind or at least a strong, a strong fortified position in life of, of having watched mom and dad, a conclusion that God is the only one who can meet my needs. I need him so much. I need God. I need God to work in my life. I need God to provide for me. You know, that's, that's a lesson that Rianne learned, I think. God, he cares enough to give me $80 worth of posters for a buck when I don't have much money. If he knows that need, and he can meet that need, and he cares about that small of a thing in my life, I can depend upon him to care about every other thing in my life. He saved me from death and hell. He's forgiven me from all my sins. And on the other end of the spectrum, he provided me with $80 worth of posters for a buck. He cares about everything else in between. Why? Because he cares for me. He wants to hear so that he can bear our burdens. Psalm 34 and verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. He wants to hear that he might answer our prayers. In Psalm 34 and verse 17, Tori read this, I think, the righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. You know, in verse 1, I think we were all glad to agree with the psalmist when he spoke of God's faithfulness in hearing prayer. We were all glad for that. God is a faithful, prayer-hearing God. He wants, he, he hears prayer, he can hear, unlike any other God. He can hear, but he wants to hear. And that's wonderful. We all rejoice in that, say, thank, thank the Lord, God wants to hear me pray. There's a question that every one of us need to answer, and that is, how often does our Heavenly Father hear us pray? How many times in the day does he hear, hear me pray? How many times in the night when I wake up does he hear my voice? Psalm 5 and verse 3 says, My voice, my voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. 
in the morning I will direct my prayer unto thee and I will look up. Remember a professor in college, one, one day in class he said, you know, man, he said, I challenge you to do something every day. When you wake up, I challenge you to greet the Lord. Good morning. And that's what he said. And I kind of sat there and was like, good morning to God, night or day, it doesn't matter to him. He doesn't care what time of the day or night it is. Kind of haughty. He said, and this was an older man, white hair. He said, yeah, I, I challenge you to do that. Every morning when you wake up, just greet the Lord. Good morning, Lord. Thank you for watching over my family last night. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for the day that you have for me today. Some of us thinking, Ooh, what a day that's going to be. Yeah, thank you for the day, Lord. And then, you know what you'll do? You'll say, Lord, give me wisdom for today. Immediately, you'll, you'll be talking to him. And I, and I encourage you, and especially I'm talking to some men, maybe some moms here tonight, maybe some children here tonight. Maybe you've gotten up your whole life and you've never told God good morning. Would you do that tomorrow? When you wake up, tell him good morning. Tell him thank you for the good night's sleep. Or, Lord, you're going to have to help me today. I, I slept terribly. He, he sought him in the morning. There's one more verse and I'll be done. Psalm 55, verse 17. Not just in the morning, but he says, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray. And cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. The psalmist had a conviction in his heart. And that, that, that was this. God hears. He wants to hear me. And he hears and answers prayer so that he can show himself mighty in my life. Is God hearing from you? He wants to. He wants to. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word in this psalm. Thank you for the conviction it's brought to my heart, even tonight as I've preached it. God, help us as a church. Help this group tonight. I believe I'm speaking to the faithful, those who are growing and who are seeking after you. Some of us are here because of discipline, and that's a good thing, too. Lord, help us in this matter of prayer. Please, I, I ask of you, for the hearts of some men here tonight, who really have it, a lot of it together in life, and frankly would probably do all right if they never prayed to you again, except they wouldn't please you. And they'd live a life successfully on this earth, but a life of failure for eternity. Father, help us to teach our children to pray. There's no better example than humble parents who seek your face. So may it be so. And for some of us, Lord, who've not been praying, may we repent of our pride and our self-dependence. May we turn back to you. May, we, may you make us men and women of prayer. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.